You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, His Word, Your Heart, Part 4. Enjoy. His Word, Your Heart. Boy, your heart is, is top priority to your father. You know, as a, as a dad, I, I, I think of my children's hearts. And I, while they don't even know, I'm speaking over their hearts in my private time with, with the Father. I'm declaring that great is the peace of their lives, that God is their teacher, that their great is their peace, their untroubled, undisturbed well-being, that the Holy Spirit is unveiling Christ to them. The Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter what it might look like, it doesn't matter uh, what may or may not come out of their mouths, I, I know He's doing that. A father is concerned about the heart of his children. His word, your heart. Did you guys go over the scriptures from last week? Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. And Matthew 7, 7 through 11. This is how it works when we come to this buffet. You'll be given food to eat, but you've got to take it home with you. This is a takeout place because it's, it's just too much to eat at one sitting okay so you need to to get a box and put your scriptures in it and go home and and, and snack on them really They're, it's rich it's rich what God is doing we we're, we're focusing on the reality that our heart is the garden for God for God's kingdom to grow our heart is the the, the garden that God has designed for his kingdom to grow in, and his word is the seed that you need for your garden to flourish. God's word cannot be planted in your heart automatically. We can pray for people that their hearts would be open, the Holy Spirit would prepare their heart, that God would send laborers into their life that they can relate to and they can reach them. But ultimately, it comes down to a personal decision to open my heart to Jesus, who is the Word of God, right? Remember why we call Jesus, why the Bible calls Jesus the Word in John chapter 1, verse 1, because words are expressions of our heart, right? Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So Jesus is the Word of God because He is the expression of the heart of God, right? So understand, when we're talking about the Word of God, we're not talking about legalism. We're not talking about don't touch this, don't sing that, don't listen to this, don't go there. We're talking about the expression of God's heart. Important you understand that. And God is so good, he's, given, he's packaged his word. It's, it's organic, it's fresh. There are no uh, preservatives in it other than the blood of Jesus. But there, everything's organic about this word. And he packaged it for us in writing. You will find in the scriptures the heart of God revealed. That's why it's essential for you to have a hard copy Bible, uh, one that you can hold in your hands, one that you can open up. Mine even has two little ribbons in it. I would like to have maybe three or five in there, but it's nice. But I like having two. At least I can mark two places, and boom, there I go, Matthew 15. Yeah, great is your faith. Be it unto you even as you will. Amen. Do you know that scripture? Great is your faith. Be it unto you even as you will, just as you desire, as you wish. The heart of your Father revealed in Christ. Hallelujah. 
So what's growing in your garden anyway? Got any onions in there? I, a rhubarb, strawberries, tomatoes, pumpkins, all right. How good should your life be? Well, we can compare it to others, but there's a, there's a, a, a quality of life that Jesus brought into the earth that's not possible through man's wisdom and man's strength. And in John 10.10, he revealed that to us, and I think it's the Weech translation. It says, I came that they might be possessing life in superabundance. That they might be possessing life in superabundance. Christ came to give you a superabundant life, and I know man's religion argues about this, but it's true anyway. And I don't know about you, but I've decided I'm going with Jesus. I'm going to take what he said as my gospel no matter what people say about me. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 12. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this precious time together. Your house is a safe place. Your house is a place of strength. Your house is a place of vision. Your house is a place of answers and healing. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for vision, clarity, wisdom, guidance, healing, and strength. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for ministering that to us, your people today. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to read to you out of the Passion Translation. And this is the Apostle Paul writing to all the Philips living in Philippi. No, to the people living in Philippi. Where's Philip? Is he here? No. Philippi. So he says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. And we said last week, we don't claim to know everything there is to know about God. My goodness. He's limitless. Around his throne, there is 24-7 praise because he's so awe-inspiring. To behold him, you can't help but worship him. God will become more real in your life as you worship him throughout your week. So if discouragement's plaguing you and anxiety and cares, begin to open your mouth and worship him. Pull yourself away. Get 10 minutes alone somewhere and just praise him. Just cast your cares on him and worship him. Cultivate uh, an atmosphere of worship. You know, interesting prayer, when, when man's religion thinks of prayer, they think of asking God for something. That's one kind of prayer. But when you t read, read through the scriptures, you see prayer is actually living in the presence of God 24-7. Paul said to pray constantly. He's not talking about being locked in your closet on your knees. He's talking about fellowship with God constantly. Jesus said, have faith in God constantly. Mark eleven twenty two. Fellowship, embrace him, worship him, trust him, walk with him throughout your day. 
Hallelujah. He, now look what Paul says. He says, so I'm not telling you that I know everything. I'm not saying I've, I've arrived, right? But I run with passion into his abundance. I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I run with passion into the abundance of Jesus Christ. Isn't it amazing that there are those who criticize people who preach the message that we preach of the abundant life? Yet Paul says, I purpose to run into the abundance of Christ because it's in his abundance that my purpose is revealed. And Jesus Christ himself wants me to discover his abundance. The meaning of my life is found in the abundance of Jesus Christ. It's in his abundance that you begin to see clearly. Come out from the lack of man's thinking. Come out from the failed resources of this world. Come into the abundance of the presence of God. Set your mind on him. Worship him and meditate in his word. I run with passion. There's nothing passionateless about this walk with God. We're people of passion. We're people of fire. We're people of strength. We're people of unshakable commitment. For our God is unshakable. For we have received a kingdom that's unshakable. We run with passion into his abundance so that we may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called us to fulfill and wants us to discover. Verse 13, I don't depend on my own strength. Been there, done that, doesn't work. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. If your memories are greater than your dreams, you're going in the wrong direction, Pastor Paul Brady said. One compelling focus I have. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run with passion into his abundance. You know, you can choose to be passionate. I know there are different personality types, and, and that's okay, and that's all good. You want to be you. But passion is for everybody. Passion is for everybody. You know, God is, is oozing with passion. He's a passionate God. He's passionately in love with you. Hallelujah. So in order for your garden to flourish, you've got to passionately pursue Jesus Christ. There's nothing else that will work. There is no one else like him. And his word is the seed that will bring your garden to life, that will cause the fruit of your recreated spirit to flourish. What's the fruit of the spirit? Let's list them. What? Love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? There are more, but those are the nine listed in Galatians 5, 
22, I think, right? Hallelujah, the fruit of the Spirit. This is what grows in our lives as we meditate on the Word of God. The abundance of Christ grows in us. That we begin to possess the superabundant life He came to give us as we meditate on His Word and put His Word in our hearts. Now, this is really important to understand because oftentimes people will ask God for something and they'll look around to see if things have changed yet. That's not how God operates. And that can be frustrating if you don't know this. Because you're a Christian, you might have been in church 20 years, but you don't know how things work in the spirit realm. God always operates through His Word. And He's not going to change that for anybody because it is a foolproof way. It's the way that He gets things done. So we need to know if if something's going to change in my life, I must have the Word of God on it. It's not optional, not a religious doctrine, but I must have the very Word of God. And I like that song that we started singing last week, uh, Promises Never Fail in the Bridge. It says, uh, I am standing on every promise that you make, present tense. In other words, there's there's things God wants to say to you today. There are things he wants to say to you that, he, that you haven't heard before. And it's that, that commitment to stand on what he says. No matter what it looks like, no matter what others think of us, I'm, I'm standing on what you say to me. And in the scriptures, the, the word, there are some different Greek words used. There is the um, logos which speaks of, or the written Word of God, there's the rhema, which speaks of the Word of God that comes across His lips. So we need the written Word of God, and God will never contradict what's in His written Word. But He's not a book. Do you understand what I'm saying? And we used to like to get the books when the kids were little that had, you know, they'd have the, the music with them and this, they, the kids could open them and push on different parts of the pages and the, the book would, would say different things and those are fun. But God is not a book. He wants you to hear His voice in your daily life. Hallelujah. But He does, He speaks to us through His Word. And remember when I say hear His voice, you're hearing audio waves of my voice right now. But that's not what we're talking about when it comes to God. We're talking about His Spirit bearing witness with your spirit. All right? Not an audible voice. There's something much better. The the batteries could die on this mic. Right? All kinds of things can happen with natural senses that can hinder what we hear. But your spirit is unhindered. Your spirit is connected to God. He wants to bear witness. He wants to impart things to your spirit throughout the day, and he does it through his word. So if we want to experience the abundant life Christ came to give us, if we want our garden to be flourishing, we need to embrace his word. Psalm 107, verse 20. Psalm 107, verse 20. This is how God operates. He sent His Word and healed them. Now that just seems stupid to the natural mind. 
if you grew up like I did. I mean, we, we were trying all different kinds of things to get well. I mean, and they were things that people studied for decades and, and, and did all kinds of research on. And here's God. He speaks and it happens. That sounds like a fairy tale. That sounds like a, like a, a, a fable. No, it's how he operates. This should not be unfamiliar to us. This should become our method of operation because we're his sons and daughters. We're born of his incorruptible word. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions simply by speaking. Only someone who's perfect in power or who has been united with someone who's perfect in power can do this. Understand, and we won't go into this now, we have before here at Highway, we probably will again. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, something happened between verse 1 and verse 2. God created the heavens and the earth, and Satan rebelled against God, and him and his demons got cast down to earth, and they destroyed the earth. They wreaked havoc on the earth. That's why you'll see in verse 2 of Genesis chapter 1, if you, if you study, it says the earth became chaotic and void. Darkness covered the face of the earth. That wasn't God's plan. That was the rebellion of Satan. What did God do to change the darkness that covered this earth? In verse 3, he sent his word. Light be. When you have the word of God on your situation, you have the answer to your situation. But it's not a formula. Well, I, technically you could make it into a formula. But I want to come out of the mindset of, of uh, lifeless thinking. Out into the mindset of the person of God. We're not dealing with a, a chemical. We're not dealing with a computer. We're not dealing uh, with a mathematical equation. We're dealing with the person who authors life. The author of life. The one in whose presence is no death. The one who no wickedness dwells with him. Matthew chapter 8 Verse 7, this is how God operates. He brings to you His Word. When you realize this, the Word of God will become the priority of your life. Hearing it, seeing it, meditating in it, studying it, speaking it, believing it becomes the way you live when you realize how He operates. And I'm not talking about legalism. Please don't uh, hear what I'm not saying. Okay? Hear the heart of what I'm saying. I'm talking when the heart of God, when His expression, when His Word becomes the passion of your life, you begin to experience Him. Verse 7, Matthew chapter 8, verse 7. And Jesus says unto him, now what, what's going on here? Well, this is when the centurion uh, came to Jesus and said, My servant's at home and he's suffering. And Jesus says in verse 7, I will come and heal him. And the centurion hadn't really even asked him yet. He was just telling him what's going on. This is the heart of God. He's ready to come and heal. Right? That's a, his will is clear. I will. That means that's my will. Right? Isn't that what those two words mean? I will. This is what I desire to happen. 
This is my will to come and heal him. It's God's will for you to be well. Verse 8, the centurion answered and said, now listen to this. Try and put yourself in his situation. Someone he loved was suffering terribly. And we don't know how far he traveled. We don't know what he went through to get to Jesus, but he got to Jesus. And Jesus says, I'll come and heal him. But I want you to look at the condition at the garden of this centurion. Look at the centurion's garden. His heart. Look at what he cultivated before he ever got to Jesus. Look at what was growing inside of his heart. Look at the faith that was just uh, hanging off the branches of his heart. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only. My servant will be healed. All I need for this to turn around is for you to speak. This is where, this is the the condition we want our hearts to be in. Whereas God says it, we know it so. No matter what our senses are telling us, no matter what it looks like around us, because God said it, we know it so. I can't, I don't know where I'd be. I probably would not be walking physically. Probably wouldn't be breathing today if I had not learned how to believe God. Jesus said, What things soever you desire when you pray, hope that they happen someday. Cross your fingers, hope to die, right? Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder. What's the rest of that? What you are, yeah. Yeah, when you wish upon a star. (laughs) It's not what he said. He said, what things soever, in fact, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. When do you believe that you receive them? When you pray. But nothing's changed. Why do you believe that? You believe you haven't received it. See, it's a different way of living. I believe that I have it. No matter what it feels like. No matter what it looks like. It's mine now. Embrace this God life. Really embrace it, the message translates. Where am I in the Scriptures? Anyone know? What am I saying here? Am I just spouting off positive thinking? Mark 11, 22 through 24. We jump from Matthew 8 to Mark 11. Embrace this God life. Really embrace it, and nothing will be too much for you. So if something seems like it's too much for you, you just got to embrace this God life. you got to shift from your strength to His strength. Make the shift. Oh, it's so worth it. Make the shift. Make the shift. Embrace this God life. That's why I urge you to pray for absolutely everything, ranging from small to large. Include everything as you embrace this God life, and you'll get God's everything. That's verse 24 in the message. So Jesus says, include everything. So it's a choice, isn't it? And you'll get God's everything. What if I don't include everything? Then I won't get God's everything. 
How much of your stuff have you included God in? I'm talking about your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday stuff when no one else is around. How much of the stuff that goes on in your mind that's fighting to get into your heart have you given to God? How much are you, inc- are you including everything in your walk with God? Are you including the whole, the whole spectrum of you in your relationship with Him? You know, you can include like 10% of you if you want. You can include 3.07% of you who you are. You can, you can give God 82% of you. Why not give Him 100% on it of you? Why not give Him all you have? Why not, why not include everything as you embrace this God life? Why not make Jesus the reason you're breathing? <laughs> Just speak the word. Oh boy, the benefits are are off the charts. This is how he operates, and you'll see that throughout the Scriptures, and you'll see that in the ministry of Jesus. He speaks to the issues of life. And there's something very unique about the Word of God. It's untainted. It is free from any toxins. It's as organic as you can get. It's pure. Why is God's word pure? Because his heart is pure. Why is man's word not pure? Because man's heart is not pure. That's why you can't, and it's hard to learn that growing up, that adults lie. Isn't that a tough one? Whew. When you have this adult, you know, that you should trust telling you things and you, you just won't believe them, then all of a sudden you find out, oh, wait a minute, they said this and they did that. And it freaks us out, yes. right? To, and and, it, and our, our children are growing and they're seeing things on the news and different things and they're finding out adults lie. <laughs> That's a tough thing to learn. The word of man is toxic because the heart of man is toxic. But you don't, and you have to make that shift. Really, wait a minute, God's word's not like that. It's not like man's word. In fact, can we put up Numbers twenty three nineteen? Numbers twenty, it, it's in there. It might be. I might have to move ahead a few slides. Numbers twenty three nineteen says God is not a man. Boy, you've got to know that. He has no hidden agenda. He's not trying to. Uh, get something from you underhandedly. He's straightforward. He always says what he means. He'll never change his mind about you. He'll never go against his word. And that can be frustrating to us because we're so used to, to going against our word or people going against their word. So sometimes we expect God to go against his word, but he can't. He has to do what's right. He has to obey his own word. He's tied to it. He can never act in violation to his word. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and shall he not do it? Unthinkable. Has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? 
Hallelujah. Do you know Abraham had to convince himself that God would make good his promise in his life? Romans chapter 4, what is the verse I'm thinking of? Is it Romans 4, 16 or 30? Something it says, uh, um, Abraham grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God, fully persuaded that God would do what he had promised. That God was faithful to keep his word and to do what he had promised. You've got to persuade yourself. You've got to convince yourself that God is faithful. I'm serious about this. I have to do this. Not because, not because he's questionable, but because I need to reprogram my thinking. I need to retrain my emotions. I need to retrain my soul and my body. I need to condition them to the reality of God's faithfulness. He's not going to let you go. He's not going to fail you. There's no such thing as him not coming through for you. I need to convince myself of the faithfulness of God. It's called renewing your mind. Romans chapter 12. Hallelujah. The purity of God's word. Let's go to Proverbs 4. One of the scriptures we went over last week and I believe the week before. One of the most important scriptures in all of the word, in all of the Bible. Proverbs 4 verse 20. My son, pay attention to what I say. Speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Pay attention. Right? Purchase a subscription to my channel. Tune in to my station. Pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Wow, it sounds like the Father is very passionate about this, isn't he? I mean, this, is, this might even be considered extreme. It is, right? Pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Don't let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. Now, no show of hands, but how many of you are on your phones while you're on the potty? Do you know that's prime time to meditate in the Word? You don't have to raise your hands. When we bought our home in 2008, it had three full baths in it. And I went up into the master bath, and you know what was next to the toilet on the wall? A phone jack. Never in my life have I seen a phone jack in all three bathrooms? A phone jack. I mean, take a break, for, for goodness sake. You know? You really have to do business on the potty? Now, the next time you got to go, don't go to your phone. Talk to your father. Listen, he knows how we work, what we got to do. That's prime time to meditate on what he's done for you. Prime potty time is prime time, baby. I'm just saying. <laughs> Put the magazines down. Worship your father. It'll, it'll go much better, I'm telling you. Just praise him. 
praise Him all the time. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Woo-wee. <laughs> Pepto-Bismol, no need. I'm going to praise Him. Woo. Let it flow. <laughs> We're reading Proverbs, by the way. Verse 22. For they are life to those who find them, <laughs> and health to one's whole body. Healthy bowel movements. I'm just, hey, we all do it. What kind of church is this anyway? <laughs> Your whole body. Your whole body. Does that include your digestive tissues? Does that include your small intestine? Does it include your large intestine? Sure does. Your whole body. So you know what I do, and I I try to remind myself of this regularly, as I'm spending time, any time I'm spending time in the Word, Wherever I'm at, whatever I'm doing, (laughs) I remind myself that as I'm meditating in this word, it's supplying my whole body with life. Just as as if you were on a prescription, a 10-day antibiotic prescription, you take it, you have confidence that it's working in your body to fight that infection, right? Same way, when you're reading the Word of God, you have confidence that it's working in your body, keeping your body strong, providing life to your whole body. Right? In fact, you remember we said to those who find them, health to a man's whole, or to one's whole body, the word health there in the Hebrew, it's a wonderful study. It is the cure, is what the Hebrew says. God's Word is the cure for your whole body. It is the remedy, the medicine for your whole body. Remember that when you're reading the Word. I can be reading the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew. It's health to my body. If I believe it. Anytime I'm hearing the Word, it's health to my body. Anytime I'm seeing the Word, it's health to my body. There are people who have memberships to gym but don't come to church regularly. Why? They don't understand the Word of God is health to their body. This is a health spa right here. Highway health spa. Yeah. That's exactly what's going on right now. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. This sounds like it's priority numero uno, isn't it? Now, God's Word is pure. He wants it to be the focus of your eyes and your ears. He wants it to be on your lips. He wants it to be in your heart. So what we put our eyes and our ears on, if we keep them on on that thing long enough, it enters eventually into our hearts, right? Now, I like to, you know, I like entertainment. I like just to veg out every now and then. And we've recently discovered uh, that show from the 1989-90 Family Matters with Steve Urkel. Uh, if you guys know that show, funny show. You know, but it, no matter what I'm watching, there's always a heart block gate up inside of me. I'm always guarding my heart. 
I'm not going to let anything go in there. Even I'm watching a movie. We, we've been checking out Mandalorian, the series. You guys have been to the Mandalorian? Yeah, it is the way, right. Um, but no matter what I'm watching, whether I'm in a movie theater over someone's house, watching a football game, stupid commercial comes up, there's always a guard up inside of me. I'm always protecting my heart. Always choosing what goes in and what stays out. Always, always, no matter if I'm, uh, you know, listening to a minister preach, man, woman, doesn't matter who it is, I'm guarding my heart. Because just because they're a minister doesn't mean I need to hear what they have to say. I'm always filtering. Always, uh uh-uh, that's not God's word. Reject, reject. I don't say anything to anybody. That's just what's going on inside of me. I could be smiling, they have no idea. But I'm not listening to one word they say. I'm just, oh, yeah, okay. Thank you. Have a nice day. Didn't receive a word of it. This is not God. See, what we're talking about here is you being a wise farmer over your garden. Only words that agree with the very words of God go in my garden. That's it. I, I, I have a garden that is exclusive access. Only the Word of God can come in. And, and I find that the Word of God in my heart cleans my heart. Boy, I remember as a young man coming to know Christ, 19, 20 years old, and I, I was so lost. And I, my heart was in such a mess and it's so hurt and broken. And, I, and I'd been in the world and, and seeing nasty stuff and I thought, God, what am I going to do? I started reading the Bible and I came across Psalm 119. I love that psalm. And I think it's verse 11 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. And I found that God's word cleans my heart. God's word heals my heart. God's word uh, pulls weeds out of my heart. God's word removes thorns from my heart. God's word fertilizes my heart. So only words that agree with the Word of God. Now, let's be more specific with the person of Christ. Here we're getting into it now. Only words that agree with the person and ministry of Jesus Christ are allowed in my garden. Proverbs 30 verse 5 says it this way, Every word of God is pure. Who'd ever thought they'd be, they would bottle water and sell it? That might seem normal to you, but that happened in my lifetime. That was never a thought. You're going to bottle what? You're going to bottle water and sell it? Yeah, good luck. Huge industry. What are people looking for? Pure water. It's a commodity. The only place you're going to find pure word is from God. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in Him. Do not add to His words. Oh. Lest He rebuke you and you be found a liar. Ouch. I invite God to correct me. I invite Him to rebuke me. Because I know He loves me. And I know He's not going to hurt me. And I know His correction brings more life. Hallelujah. 
So let's get back into the ABCs of the goodness of God. We're talking about your heart. And you only want seeds in your garden that agree with the person and ministry of Jesus. And we got to make this plain. We're not interested in putting anyone down. We're talking about ideas. We're talking about messages. We're talking about beliefs. Okay? So we got into this. We touched on it last week. And, and, and we, we, we said that denominations were never a part of God's plan in the body of Christ. The whole idea of dividing is just ungodly. Right? It was never something God... Are you telling me that there are things that happen in church and in this world that are not God's plan? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, every day. Every day. Denominations were never a part of His plan. So what I began to do as a young man, as I just couldn't get enough of this, I didn't know anything about what we call church. I had grown up in a very... Uh, large religious denomination, and I w- it was very obvious to me the answer wasn't there. It was cold. There was no life that I could find there. But when I began talking to Jesus and reading his word, he saved me. And I, began, I just simply believed what I read. I didn't have anyone telling me not to. So I started in John, and then I just, I mean, I consumed the Gospels. I read Acts. I read through the New Testament. went in the Old Testament. I couldn't get enough of the Word of God, and I just believed what I read, and I began receiving healing. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I began speaking in other tongues. The gifts of the Spirit were operating in my life, and I didn't know that that was uh, taboo in some circles of Christianity. I just thought that Christianity were, were those who read the Bible and believe it. That's, I'm just being real with you. This is what I thought as a 19, 20-year-old young man. I didn't know there was such a thing as a denomination. I'm just being real with you, okay? I had no idea. All I knew is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and I want, every, I want all of him all the time. That's all I knew. And you know what? That's all I know today. <laughs> and that's all I want today. And I'm not going to change. Why do I bring that up? Because there are a lot of seeds that you may hear in a church that are contrary to the pureness of God's Word. And we're, we're touching on, I said four, but really the sovereignty of God covers them all. I said healing, the Holy Spirit, prosperity, and grace. Those are the four I mentioned last week. We got into healing. We we just have to talk about the sovereignty of God when we talk about that, because it's been so wrongly defined. So a term started growing. I don't know, maybe in the '50s, '60s, maybe before that, '30s, '40s. This term, fullness of the gospel, and it's a good term, and I understand where where it comes from. But I began looking as I began meeting different believers who began telling me that the things I were experiencing aren't true. They may as well have told me my name was Santa Claus because, I, 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 you know, I'm, 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 I'm fellowshipping with God every day. What do you mean it's not true? Why would you believe that? And I'd go to their Bible studies and they'd say, you know, they'd point to a scripture and say, you know, this is why that's not true. And, and they were taking it out of context. You know? 
And this would happen a lot. And one of the big ones is how can you tell if you're, if you're getting good seed in your garden? This is what we want to know. Because I, I, I'm just not going to go to a church regularly that's not going to give me good seed. I'm sorry. I love people. I love them all. But I have a destiny to fulfill. And I need the Word of Christ in my heart. So there are some things that you can look for to know right away, uh, is this the, the gospel that I need? All right? The fundamental truth that keeps us steady is the person and ministry of Jesus Christ. Right? Everything he said and done, if anything they teach is contrary to that, it's not seed I want. So, for example, in the ministry of Jesus Christ, you can't find one example of a person that he made sick. Religion thinks that way. Religion, his disciples said, Jesus, uh, what happened that this man's born blind? Was it his sin or his parents' sin? That's how religion thinks. Jesus, he healed him. See, Jesus is not interested in debating about theories and causing controversy. He's interested in wholeness. He's interested in wholeness. Solutions. So when you hear the gospel, you hear solutions, not controversy. So the idea uh, that Jesus or that God would, would send sickness some, someone's way to teach them something is a bad seed. That's a thorny, bad seed that you don't want in your garden. Yet it is, it is preached in many churches, unfortunately. And I've heard it uh, over and over again over the years, and it's, it's sad to hear that coming from a minister, that God brought that tragedy or that sickness into your life to humble you. Now listen to me. See, that comes from a thinking that, that God is controlling everything. We have to talk about this. We have to. Because we're about Jesus. Now, just look at the world around you and let me ask you a question. If God's controlling everything, I think he's got it in quite a, a bit of a mess. Wouldn't you say? Can you say that and not get struck by light? Yeah, because he's not controlling everything. I, I mean, I'm not putting people down, but wouldn't you say the world's a bit of a mess? And you're, you're preaching a God that's controlling this? No thanks. You know, I, I'm, you can have your God. I'm, I'm going to look for someone better than that. And I know this is like, you know, blasphemy in some circles. But Jesus didn't teach that God was controlling everything. So then the, the, those who are a little uh, more timid about it, they'll say, well, he's allowing it. Now, if I'm a, a parent and I say, okay, I, I really want to humble my child, so I'm going to inject them with leukemia. Then I say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'll allow my neighbor to do it. Is, there, is that any better? Whether I do it personally or I allow someone else to do it, I'm still lousy. I'm still evil. This is a tough one. I'm telling you, this is the giant of giants that keeps people in bondage. That's why we talk about it so regularly. We're coming against this. 
This whole idea that God causes or allows bad things to happen is from the devil. We can see that clearly in the ministry of Jesus. Then people come, well, you're saying God is not sovereign? Oh, no. I'm saying you wrongly understand his sovereignty. He is sovereign. He's above all. But in his sovereignty, he gave man sovereignty over the earth. Read it for yourself in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and 3. And man, in his uh, rejection of God, rejected what God gave him, and Satan stole that sovereignty and became God of this world. And that's what the Bible teaches. And we can see that clearly throughout the Bible, but especially in the ministry of Jesus, anything that Christ rebuked or came against was not from his Father. And he was coming against a lot of stuff. So Jesus did not question where the storm came from. He knew exactly where it came from. And he rebuked it as soon as his disciples woke him up. Because it wasn't from his father. God's not in the storm. Satan's the one who brought that storm. Why did Satan bring that storm? In, the, in that particular instance. Same reason he brings storms into your life. They were, Jesus had a direction from his Father to cross from this side of the water to the other side of the water to give those people the good news. And that's why Satan brings storms into our lives to keep us from, from walking in the good news of Christ and bringing it to others. So save yourself a lot of time and rebuke the storm. Don't ask God to do it. He's already for you. You've got to do it. Jesus didn't talk to his father before he rebuked his own. He said, Father, would you take care of this for me? No, he didn't. He spoke directly to the wind. How can you speak to something you can't see? Because we're spirits. We, well, there's a greater reality. It's in the spirit realm. He spoke to the unseen realm because he knew who was behind this storm. He spoke to the devils causing it, and he said, peace, be still. The wind and the waves were under the influence of spirits of darkness, and Jesus took care of it. In fact, you know, there's a... Uh, only one time I can think of before he demonstrated God's glory that he spoke to his father, that was outside the tomb of Lazarus. But he didn't do it. He didn't say, God, would you raise up Lazarus? He said, Father, I know you always hear me. The only reason I'm saying this is for their benefit so that they know that you always hear. And then he spoke to Lazarus, told him to get up. Hallelujah. So you, this, anytime you're listening to a message and you hear this idea either that God caused or God allowed bad things to happen, those are seeds you don't want in your garden. So I, I, I began for looking for is there a church that's going to preach this gospel and not add anything to it, not trying to explain it away. That became my quest. And there are, thank, praise God, there are. But I'm telling you, you've got to be a wise farmer. These are things, you've got to look at the seed that's, that's being presented to you. So that's the first thing you want to look for. Do they understand uh, that God is good? He doesn't uh, put his children into tornadoes to teach them things. 
He's not the author of tragedy. He doesn't allow it either. First thing. Second thing, healing. Do you, if I'm listening to a message, are they proclaiming that healing is always God's will? How can you say that? Because Jesus taught it. Let me ask you a question. Is there a lot of sin in the world? Just be honest. Of course there is. I thought Jesus took our sins. So can we tell what God's will is by looking at what's going on in the world? No way. There's only one way to know the will of God, and that's to look at Jesus Christ. And anything that contradicts what you see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, or Acts, you have a good reason to say no to. So are you hearing that it's always God's will to heal? That should be in the the seed in your garden. Because I'm going to tell you, uh, hearing it once is not going to change you. Hearing that it's God's will to heal. Might get you excited, but listen, you've got to hear that regularly. And then you've got to go to the written word of God and study it for yourself. Because that's why you cultivate the healing seed of God's word. I had to, to eat that and eat that and eat that and eat that and eat that for months and months before I was convinced that it was God's will to heal me. It was his will all the time, but I wasn't convinced of it because I heard some bad seed. And to me, I was, I was you know, I'll, I'll submit to whatever because I wanted God. So if he wants me sick, I'll be sick. But I couldn't find that in the ministry of Jesus. So I had to just dig in my heels and say, Jesus, it's you and me. If no one else is going to believe this, I'm going to believe it. And I'm going to study what you did. And my life is going to represent what you've done, no matter what anyone else says. Now, thank God there are, there are wonderful ministers out there who preach the word of God. Now, I, there are some, you know, th- boy, this is good. God, when he makes us, he puts talents and gifts in us. And he doesn't take those back. I mean, there are amazing athletes and uh, uh, businessmen and physicians and people that have just been given amazing talents. But that doesn't mean they're godly. Talent is something you're given. You can do whatever you want with a talent that's in you. Right? That's amazing. Some people, there's just an anointing on their talent. I mean, they're just in a special class with their talent, but they're ungodly. See, the only way to represent him is to submit to him. So I can cultivate my talents and the world will think I'm something pretty special. And God made you so you are special. But when you submit to him, your character is developed. I like how Bill Johnson said it on Wednesday night. We, we're to stand on two legs, purity and power. So I'm bringing it up because there are people who are called to preach. And they're very gifted at it. But their thinking's wrong. And man, I'll listen to their message. And there's some great points. But there's some bad seed in there. This sovereignty of God. You know, God's allowing that to happen in your life. Heard one tremendously gifted preacher telling these young parents who just lost, lost their baby, God had a different plan. Oh, man. I mean, this, this preacher is so gifted at preaching. But see, only you can change your thinking. 
Your gifts can take you very far. But it takes a conscious submission to the person and ministry of Christ to represent him well. Are you willing to do that? I just tell you, you're going to get persecuted for it. You're going to lose some friends over it. May even lose some family members over it. But I decided Jesus is worth it. So we don't focus on talents. We focus on the character of the person, the heart of the person. So no matter how talented someone is, that doesn't mean what they're saying is true. No matter what they've achieved in this world, it doesn't mean what they're preaching is true. Our standard for good seed is Jesus Christ, right? All right. Boy, oh boy, this is good. See, this is how it works. I want to just tell you how I feel sometimes. We watched, what was that movie we watched months ago? Um, it was you with a Judah, me and you. I don't know, was Dan there, a war horse? War horse was the name of the movie? Well, in this movie, War Horse, the boy gets his horse, and it's a beautiful horse, but it's not a, a work horse. And he decides he's going to plow this field with this beautiful horse. And the, all the farmers come from all around, and they're laughing at this boy. He's going to plow this field. And he gets in there, and then it starts, you know, raining. He's got a rocky field, and, and this horse stumbling. And it's just not, not used to this kind of work. Uh, but it, it, it ends up working out, and the horse ends up plowing that field, and rain comes, the ground gets soft. But sometimes preaching, I feel like that horse. Okay. Okay. <laughs> come on. I'm just telling you how it is. I, I come in here loaded. But sometimes I can't get to the thing God wants to get to because there's so much stony ground that needs to be broken up. This isn't an autopilot thing. There are things God wants to do in our lives, but boy, we've got to give Him our heart. We can't afford to listen to man during the week and God on Sunday. It's challenging to preach sometimes. You feel like a war horse. You feel like a, you know, just, okay, boy, there's a, oh, I wanted to get to this, but can't go there yet. Got to break up some more ground. 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 Hallelujah. God, break up the ground. Break up the ground of our heart, Lord God. Your good and your mercy endures forever. We give you a full right away to plow our garden. Hallelujah, to make those nice even rows where your word can grow and flourish, Father. We give you our heart this week. We give you our heart, Lord God, to plow and to cultivate. We won't fight you, Lord. We won't resist you because you're good and your mercy endures forever. We know you're not going to hurt us. We know that every, every plan that you have for us is good. We know that what you want to do in our lives is good. So we yield our heart to you, Lord God. We choose to guard our eyes and our ears and to only take your word into our heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we worship you. What are you doing? We're cultivating a garden. Hallelujah. We're breaking up soil. We worship you, Lord, and we give you praise. 
We thank you, Father, for who you are. We thank you for your presence in our midst. We thank you for the atmosphere being changed right now. We thank you for our hearts being transformed by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your word taking root in our hearts, Lord God, that you are who you say you are, that you've done what you said you've done, that we are who you say we are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. So those are two of the things you want to look for right away in the messages that you're listening to. Do they understand that God is good? That he'll never cause or allow bad things to happen to you? Those things happen. Those are part of Satan's strategies and schemes. Or they're just a part of the mess this world's in. Things aren't functioning the way they should function. Okay? So you're, you're learning that God is good. Yes, he's above all. But he's given you his authority through Christ to speak to the situations and circumstances of your life. Hallelujah. Are you learning when the message that you hear that it's always God's will? It's always his will. God had nothing to do with COVID-19. This is one of the greatest scams in the history of mankind. It, it, it truly is. It's one of the great, greatest fear-produced uh, scams of all time. Hallelujah. I hope you're not giving into it. It's a bunch of baloney is exactly what it is. Hallelujah. That it's always God's will to heal. You know, God will, will do whatever He can in any situation to reveal His goodness. So sometimes what happens... We find ourselves in a difficult situation. God's grace comes in, and we come out on top, and then we think that God brought about that bad situation to show us, you know, the victory. And no, 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 no. A bad situation came our way. God's grace came in, and he worked it around for our good. That's what happened. That's what happened. Because sometimes people will say, well, it's a good thing that that happened or I wouldn't, this wouldn't have happened. No, no, no. It's the grace of God that came into that mess and caused you to win. And thank God for his grace. <laughs> Hallelujah. So those two things, God's sovereignty, what does that mean? That he gave his sovereignty to man and that through Christ that he's given us that authority over the enemy and his schemes and that healing is always God's will. Three more, but we're not going to get to them today. That the Holy Spirit is for you today. Yes. That the book of Acts is still being written. Hasn't stopped one bit. It may have stopped in your life if you don't believe it. And this is where we wanted to get to today, but we, we're going to have, to have to get here next week. But the Holy Spirit is for you today. Jesus is our standard. He is the one who spoke of speaking in tongues first in the New Testament. In John, excuse me, in Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. And that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for you. And the evidence of that baptism is the Bible evidence, just like in the book of Acts, speaking in tongues. And uh, the gifts of the Spirit are for you today to operate and walk in. And that hasn't changed. Those are things that God has given us to, to uh, manifest His kingdom in this world. So you need to know th those, if you're, if you're hearing messages that teach that, wonderful. If you're not, find new messages, right? Prosperity, it's God's will for you to prosper. The, the thoughts of God about you 
are all good and they outnumber the grains of sand on the earth. That's a lot of thoughts. And every one of them is about you prospering. It's God's will for you to prosper. He made his son poor that you might be rich. Don't have time to get into that today. Hopefully we'll get there next work, next week. And that all of these are by grace. You can't earn them. They're all freely given to us through the sacrifice of Jesus. So these are the, the key criteria that you can, these are the ABCs of the gospel. We're not claiming to know everything. These are the ABCs of the gospel. Right? God's goodness, his healing, his, his spirit, his prosperity, and his grace. All right? Those five things are essential if you want a healthy garden. So we are, Jennifer and I have been fully committed to finding ministries. That, that's, why you, that's why we're doing God is Good on Wednesday nights. Man, that was an amazing message last Wednesday. And a Wednesday before from Bill Johnson. Just so we, we have video messages on Wednesday night. I'm just, man. I'm just not going to miss it. They're just so good. And when you come to realize what the pure word of God will do for you, you won't listen to the bad stuff. And so we, you know, we, we purpose to listen to Andrew Womack, Joseph Prince, Jen Tringale, Mary Frances Varallo, uh, Kenneth Copeland, Gloria Copeland, uh, uh, Creflo Dollar. I just go on and on and on. The only reason I name their names, I want you to know them. These are people who've made commitment to the purity of the Word of God. They're not perfect. They don't know everything. But you'll find these ABCs in their messages. You'll find these ABCs in there. And you'll find a freedom and a liberty in Christ as you grow in the ABCs of Christ. Whew, we've got to stop. Jennifer, would you come up here, sweetie? Father, thank you so much for breaking up our ground. Thank you for caring so much about us that you don't want us to go through life with a hard heart, with a stony heart, with a shallow heart, but you want the soil of our heart to be fertile that receives your word and produces 30, 60, 100-fold return on what you've said. Lord, what a special year this has been. What an awesome year this has been. Lord, I thank you. Your goodness has been revealed to us this year. Lord, I've learned things about you by spending time with you this year that I never knew. Lord, I've had more time to spend with you this year. Hallelujah. And, and whatever the world chooses to do, whatever measures they take, I'm going to choose to spend time with you. We're going to choose to grow in you. Hallelujah. Lord, we are flourishing because of you. Yes. Our, our provision does not depend on what's going on in this world because our provision is not of this world. And Lord, I don't know how you do what you do, but I thank you for bringing your provision into the lives of this highway family. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Your provision into every member of this highway family's life. Not only financial, yes, financial, but in every other way, Father. In every area of our lives. Hallelujah. Thank you for meeting every need in this highway body. You are so for us. Open our eyes. 
that we could see how for us you are. That your passion for us would be very real to us. That we would run with passion into your abundance and discover your divine purpose for our lives. Jesus, you're the one we're living for. Your word is pure. Your ministry is pure. You're the same today as you were on the shores of Galilee. You're the same. Same Jesus. The same Jesus that called Lazarus out of the grave. That's who you are today. You're the same raise the dead, Jesus. The same heal the sick, Jesus. The same make the lame walk, Jesus. You can't change. It's who you are. Help us to change and embrace who you are. Holy Spirit, as we start this new week in the middle of November, help us to renew our minds by meditating in your word as we go throughout each day to carry that word in our minds and in our hearts to say it softly to ourselves and to let your word take root and take effect in us in Jesus name at Highway Church we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.